It took my mom a while to accept that I had this gift, but she finally came around. I think she recognized that it brought positive results and it seemed to happen consistently. I didn't know this until one day while I was shopping at Costco. I live in a remote area and there are cities separated by mountain ranges and connected by some treacherous mountain roads. For this reason, my mom always kept in close communication with my stepdad, Ken, she was so excited when she learned that she could track him on Google Maps until the day Ken disappeared from the map completely. I had just checked out of Costco and I was headed toward the door when my mom called in a panic. She explained that she couldn't reach Ken and that he had gone over the hill. She was watching him on Google Maps and then he just disappeared. It was winter and there was snow and ice on the road that he would be traveling so I could understand her concern. I can't talk and walk and push a cart without a collision. So I went outside and I pulled over to the left outside of the doors out of the flow of traffic while I tried to ascertain how I could help my mom in this situation. I asked her if she wanted me to drive the route that he was on to see if I could find him. I don't know, Dawn. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should call the police. I just felt like I needed to call you she said. So we talked for two or three minutes trying to figure out what to do and I made a few suggestions or I tried to let her know that he was probably fine and would be pulling up any time. So I'm standing there on the phone and I happen to look up and I see a familiar man walk by me within about 12 inches and I tell my mom, mom you're never gonna guess who just walked by me and I yell out, is that Ken? He stops and turned around with a surprised and happy look on his face. He comes over and the first words out of his mouth are, I can't get my cell phone to work. Oh, you're in trouble. I teased back, said mom is on the phone right now. And she's freaking out because she couldn't get a hold of you and didn't know where you were. So Ken was okay and he was on his way back home. But before he left, he looked at me and he said, now that was a weird coincidence. And I said, was it really just a coincidence? And he said, I'll admit that the timing that just occurred for you to be here when I needed you and your mom needed you because I couldn't get my phone to work was pretty amazing. He said, you were right there at the right time. And now your mom feels relief and knows that I'm okay. I just smiled at him and said, I'm glad you're okay too. Please drive home safely. In the few short minutes that we had been standing there, he realized how many things had to fall in place at just the right moment in order to culminate into our meeting right at the very moment that I'm on the phone with my mom. If I'd ignored the Holy Spirit, I would have missed seeing Ken and my mom would have been under a tremendous amount of stress. The police probably would have been called and one of us probably would have driven an hour over the hill to try and find him, to learn that he was already back on our side of the mountain. I could go on, but hopefully you get the point. By honoring my God-given gift and using it in the manner in which God is instructed, positive things resulted and peace was achieved. In addition, it brought my mom and Ken closer to understanding the meaning behind my words when I say I connect to spirit. The part of this story that no one knew about until now was what happened prior to my getting to Costco. I was at home and I had various things to do, but the timing in which I can do them is a variable. I can kind of choose my own schedule 
I had anticipated getting up and going into town early and getting my errands done so that I had the rest of the day to do other things around the house. For some reason, one thing after another came up and it completely changed my plans. Then it became lunchtime and I thought, well, now I have to eat lunch. So there were all these random events that prevented me from leaving at the time that I had chosen or originally wanted to leave. And I have been doing this long enough that I recognized there was something going on that was keeping me here. For some reason, it just wasn't my time to go into town. So when the occurrence with Ken happened, there was my answer as to why I had been detained. So anytime something random comes up, even when it's something super annoying, like spilling your coffee on your shirt, stop for a second and pause. Don't curse. Don't get angry. Thank the Holy Spirit and your guardian angels for intervening to prevent something bad from happening to you. Because the likelihood is that two, three, five minute delay probably just saved your life. When you do that, you're communicating with the devil. I've heard that a few times in my life. In fact, I just heard it last week. So that question is the motivation behind this podcast episode. When I decided to answer that question, I expected it to be as easy as the previous episodes. But when I sat down to work on it, I struggled to come up with the words. My first recording was a disaster and I was putting myself to sleep. What makes this challenging is that I'll be talking about one of the most misunderstood, undervalued, and misinterpreted books in our history. Being that my podcast is about true stories, I can't just read a portion of the Bible and then explain it. Where's the true story in that? I found myself struggling to come up with a true experience that made this topic fascinating enough that you'll listen to the end and come back for more. I wasn't feeling inspired, and it showed, so I decided to put my work away for a while. Another day went by, and I still didn't have a podcast. In a previous episode, I explained that sometimes doing nothing is actually doing something. I realized that this was one of those times. It's important for me to be joyful when I sit down to record a podcast, because the energy I put out matters. I trust in God's timing, so I didn't stress over the podcast episode. Another thing I've learned is that my imagination can't compare to the things that spirit bring or do for us in life. I literally could not make this stuff up and I'm surprised every time something happens. Not only was I struggling to come up with a story that was my own personal experience that related to the topic, I was struggling to come up with my own easy to understand interpretation of Paul's teachings in Corinth. Then I hear the ping that lets me know I received a message and I'm very surprised by what it says. Long story short, a friend contacted me and asked if I would be willing to connect to someone for a friend of hers, and she sent me a picture of the person they wished to connect to. I'm looking at the picture because I'm quite fascinated by it, and I'm not trying to connect at this point, but I instantly pick something up that I feel compelled to ask my friend about. What I sensed was that this woman was speaking in German. I felt like there were a few words that she could or would say in English but that she was highlighting the fact that she was German, spoke German, and came to the United States from Germany. I wanted confirmation, so I asked my friend if the woman spoke in a different language. Her reply was, yes, she was from Germany. 
Once again, I was amazed by the connection to spirit and the information that it brings at just the right time. I wasn't able to receive a confirmation or denial regarding the woman's personality yet, but I was satisfied with the information that was confirmed and I put her picture away for a later time. This was the first time that I've been unable to pick up specific words from someone I'm connected to. With this woman, I picked up bits and pieces of her personality, but I definitely sensed a barrier that isn't allowing me to communicate with her as easily as I can with other spirits. This experience was exactly what I needed to understand and explain the portion of Paul's teaching that I was struggling with. Spirit is there, always, ready to help when we're ready to listen. There was still something missing. I didn't know what, but I knew I wasn't ready to sit down and record yet. I woke this morning knowing that I had this episode to record and upload by tomorrow, so it was immediately on my mind. I still found myself at a loss for words for portions of my podcast. So I made myself a cup of coffee, sat down, and watched a little news. I then decided to reach out to the friend of my friend who's wanting me to connect to the German woman and give them instructions on how a reading works. Once again, the response I got was more than I could have imagined, and it resulted in a fabulous conversation in which I was able to confirm the other things I sensed about the woman from Germany. Saul, who later changed his name to Paul, was someone who went from a person who prosecuted people for talking about and sharing the lessons of Jesus Christ to a follower of Jesus himself after he had his own personal spiritual experience. Paul was about to go in front of a group of believers for the first time after his life-changing experience, and he asks, What shall I say? To which Barnabas responds, Just tell them your story. Will that be enough? Paul asks. I think that will be plenty, Barnabas responds. After telling his story to the group, he decides he needs to go to Rome. On his way, he stops at towns to share his story about his experience with Jesus and helps others to understand Jesus' teachings. One of the places he stops is the town of Corinth, and his experiences and teachings are now part of the Bible in 1 Corinthians. I grew up in a house that didn't talk about God or Jesus. I didn't know that my grandma was a believer until I was an adult. I began seeking answers to the big questions like, is God real? from a very young age. My only opportunity was to invite myself along with friends to church with them and their parents on Sunday. For three decades, I would try and try again to read the Bible and comprehend what it was saying, but I couldn't. That's what brought me to church, the need for someone else to interpret the Bible and tell me in plain English what it said. Once I strengthened my connection to spirit, almost overnight, I was able to understand and help others to understand any section of the Bible. It's a sense of knowing and being able to discern the truth from the lies and misinterpretations. The difference in my comprehension was night and day. And now that I understood what God wanted, it became my mission to live my life according to His will. I believe it's what inspired me to begin creating this podcast series and sharing my stories with you. After Paul's personal experience with Jesus, his God-given gift came to light. He was now able to connect to the Holy Spirit to receive the teachings he was to share along with the stories, as well as the precise words he needed to communicate personally with each unique audience. His teachings in Corinth were with regards to our God-given gifts. Let me repeat that. His teachings in Corinth were with regards to our God-given gifts. He begins by explaining that they were led astray in the past regarding spiritual gifts. 
he explains that if a person is truly connected to the Holy Spirit, that he or she lacks the will required to speak negatively about Jesus or call him a false prophet. Okay, so where does the devil come in? Paul goes on to explain that only someone connecting to something that is not the Holy Spirit would be able to curse the divine. He concludes by saying that one must be connected to the Holy Spirit to be able to repeat the words, I am the devil. <laughs> Just kidding. Paul concludes by saying that one must be connected to the Holy Spirit to be able to repeat the words, Jesus is Lord. See, I said it. Jesus is Lord. There's your proof that I'm not connecting to anything other than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Devil be gone. Paul explains that there are a variety of gifts, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There are nine God-given gifts. But all these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Paul's gift, given through the Spirit, was the utterance of wisdom. This is what made it possible for him to teach the wisdom given to him through the Holy Spirit. So did the Holy Spirit give Paul his gift after he had his experience with Jesus? Or did the transformation that Paul went through because of his experience with Jesus help Paul recognize the God-given gift he'd had all along? These nine gifts are God-given, not devil-given, to us through the Holy Spirit, or Spirit for short. They are provided by God to all individuals for the common good. So yes, you also have a God-given gift, and it's up to you to find it. Each time one of us uses our God-given gifts, we're helping in ways we can't even imagine. But faith, hope, and love are required to use and maintain our gifts. The most important of these is love. Paul is the one who explained what love is and what it isn't. No matter what we do, if it's not in love, we gain nothing. If I use my God-given gift for any other reason than love, my soul will suffer now and in the afterlife. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. From God's mouth to your ears, love never ends, not even in death. There's no way for me to address this topic without quoting small portions of the Bible. And they are small, so bear with me, because it'll be good. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. While alive, we only get a small look into the universe and the divine. We only see parts of ourselves, as we all have blind spots. However, once our physical bodies die, 
Our soul sees everything. We see ourselves fully, including the ways we affected others while on earth, both positively and negatively. Just knowing what and how to use my God-given gift doesn't grant me the ability to avoid the valley of death. So it's important that I don't hurt another, but instead bring faith, hope, and love. Stephen was diagnosed with a physical disability when he was a child, and it has affected his life every day since. He never questioned where the disability came from until just recently. He'd assumed that he was born with it, but when he learned that it wasn't genetic and had to be caused by an injury, it immediately brought back a childhood memory of when he sustained a very bad injury at the hands of another. The person who caused the damage has no idea that they are responsible for negatively affecting someone's life to this degree. They may go through their entire life believing that they were a good person and never hurt anyone. But then, death comes, and they will be face to face with their true selves, because all the denial, protection mechanisms, and vices didn't come with them. In death, we are left with the rawness and the wholeness of who we are on a soul level. No matter how many times this person told themselves that they were a good person and deserved to go to heaven, that belief will change once they realize the pain and suffering they caused while they were on earth. It is this moment in our soul journey that affects our ability to pray for Jesus to save us by falling us out of the valley of death and into the love and light of the kingdom of heaven. It's not God that punishes us and doesn't allow us to come home. It's our own souls with heavy guilt that don't feel worthy of his love and light once we've learned of the sins that we committed and the pain that we caused. In my next episode, I'll answer another question. Can a soul get stuck? Why do I feel compelled to share my stories? It is God's will for us all. This is from 1 Corinthians. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. I believe myself to be spiritual, and therefore I acknowledge that the things Paul wrote to us are a command from the Lord. I earnestly desire to understand my gift and to use it for love and good, and at the proper moment. Our gifts must be shared with others, to both believers and non-believers. The Holy Spirit encourages us to desire to prophecy, for this is the only way our gifts become useful. Don't be afraid of things you don't understand or may not believe yet as God works in mysterious ways. You may not believe or understand it, but my abilities don't come from the devil. They are from God. I respect those who are not ready to recognize this by not recognizing them as a believer and offering them a message from heaven. I respect the time and space one needs as we all get there in our own time and our own way. For those that are interested in connecting to a past loved one, my advice is to start thinking in questions and then quiet your mind and see if you can hear the answer. If you have things to say, say them first. When you no longer need to talk to or at them, ask them questions and then be open. I'll continue to give you different ways to learn how to connect to the Holy Spirit for good, not evil. I promise to give you the link to the EVP that I caught. So here it is youtube.com slash at real haunted places. I'm going to spell that. The at sign 
capital R E A L, capital H A U N T E D, capital P L A C E S. Let me know what you hear. Due to the popularity of episode two, which was Tales from the Dark Side Part One, the vote was for episode five to be part two. What is it with our fascination with ghosts? What's a ghost? Well, you'll have to join me for my next episode to find out. Thank you for listening and for your support. Please remember to follow, like, and share. If you need instructions on how to do this, please see my short instruction video that hopefully covers your podcast platform. I will upload the instructions for smartphone podcast platforms in a week or so. Until next time, live your life fully and with joy.